factor into at ETAG last week it was mentioned that refreshing visitor attractions is quite important and that apparently you're quite good at it. Well, I think the changes here have been done over over a long period. We started planning them 15 years ago. It's been 10 years since we actually started work on, work on site. And this week, we're actually opening the final three galleries of the transformation of the National Museum. And these, some of these uh, objects must be in your collection already, and some must be new. But does this now give you more space to exhibit what you actually have? Yeah, well... Throughout the whole project, we've increased the amount, amount of public space and gallery space significantly. And these new galleries, like the previous new galleries, actually contain a lot of items that weren't on display previously. Something like 40% of the items in these three new galleries weren't on display uh, either for a generation or some were never on display at all previously. You're standing here in front of a, a wonderful Buddhist figure. Was he, was he here before? Yeah. Wei To is the, the figure known, he's been in a number of locations in, in the museum over, over many decades, but he's here where he, where he belongs, uh, acting as a guardian at the entrance to the Exploding East Asia Gallery in context with other material from the region. Well, the whole project's cost, cost eight, 80 million pounds over the period. Uh, and that support's come from a whole range of sources. There's been quite significant support from the National Lottery Heritage Fund, uh, from the Scottish Government. But there's been an absolutely astonishing £30 million being donated by trusts, foundations and individuals. In fact, over a thousand individual donors have contributed to the redevelopment of this museum. One of the important messages in this gallery is the interconnectedness of the three cultures, China, Japan and Korea. So we have a display here that is several beautiful examples of Japanese porcelain from the late 19th century, 1880s, 1890s, that emulates Chinese design, colours, motifs. So very much looking to Chinese history, historical examples of prestigious ceramics, trying to recreate those in Japan. And this was an extremely popular type of ceramic at the time. So it shows how China was always a very important source of inspiration for Japan. The, the quality of the clay body, the glaze itself will vary in colour, so that's one of the ways that you can tell the different ceramics, the porcelain from the different cultures apart, but also the way it's painted. There are differences in the aesthetics or the designs, the way that those are painted on the bodies. And ceramics, is this an important part of the exhibition here in this gallery? Yes, we have a lot of examples of different kinds of ceramics, um, so fired at the different temperatures for different uses, different appearances, but there's other materials as well that join those three cultures like silk and lacquer, um, works on paper as well, so many different materials across the gallery. Over this side of the exhibition we've got a Japanese silver and gold vase. Is this, is this much more modern? It looks it. Absolutely, as well as the objects from the historic collections or the historic material, there's a lot of contemporary pieces in the gallery, so we're keen to make the, the point that these cultures, China, Japan and Korea, are alive today and artists are doing innovative novel things with materials looking to past traditions. So this is a silversmith, an artist called Osumi Yukie, a woman, who inlays different precious materials into the silver body and it's a very, very long, painstaking process. Um, hours and hours of hammering and delicate inlay to create this beautiful effect of rippling waves 
moving over sand and it's named for a current in the Pacific Ocean called the Kuroshio. And Osumi has recently been designated a living national treasure, so one of the highest ranks awarded by the government for artists. And is this So my name is Qin Tao, I'm the curator of Chinese collections. And you um, think that this um, bronze food vessel tells a great story about China. So this um, bronze food vessel is known as Gui in Chinese. So it, was, it is over 3,000 years old. It would have been used by the elite of the time to make a food offering to ancestors and also deities. So they wouldn't have used it for eating from? They would have they also served at, at that function as well, but uh, primarily uh, they were uh, ritual offering um, vessels. Yeah, and also this vessel um, was made uh, using ceramic molds. Uh, this is a particular invention of China of the time known as the peace mold technique, uh, which derived from the Chinese very advanced ceramic um, industry of the time, which obviously many people would have known China's, uh, you know, ceramics. Um, but um, yeah, few people would have been known that actually the ceramics industry um, also led to the very advanced development of bronze casting. So we have a, a very elaborate um, bronze vessel uh, like this made by peace mode. So for this um, particular base uh, piece, you have the handles, which is in the stylized um, um, this uh, mythical creature, uh, and also you have the little faces actually in the front in the, as a band, yeah. And then you also have this uh, uh, lines, kind of geometric. Um, pattern which would be the fashion of the time which is early western Zhou dynasty so this helped us uh, to date the piece what's really very interesting is that now the bronze vessel looks uh, uh, kind of green with this lovely patination but originally um, when it was first made it would look golden yellow well, and now, now it's kind of brown and green and orange almost. Yeah, so this is a, a natural you know, patination of bronzes after thousands of years. But uh, this wood, when it was first made, when it was used as a ritual offering vessel, uh, it would be golden shining, it would very much uh, attract uh, the attention of both the uh, living human and also the spirits. meters long hand scroll that would be unrolled one part at a time and as you can see we've just got one section of it on display at the moment and every six months we'll be rolling it up and unrolling a new section so visitors if they come back will be able to travel along through the theatre district with through the scroll so you can see different shops different theatres actors people watching plays there's lots going on and there's a lot of detail there
You can read the full-length version of this story and, of course, all our other stories online at www.theedinburghreporter.co.uk.